Hello everyone and welcome back to the third episode of the Jewish Journeys podcast. We have a very, very special guest here today with me, Daniel Ryan Wallach. He has an incredible, incredible story for us all. You know, I met him a few months ago and he, he briefly told me his story and I was so, so inspired. And this podcast is all about hearing inspirational journeys. So hello, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. It's amazing. And um, so yeah, tell me, like, how, where are you right now? Like, where, like, what's your background? Just tell me a bit about you. Right. Uh, I was born and raised in a city called Palo Alto, California, mm-hmm. which is the heart of the Silicon Valley. Um, Facebook, Google, Stanford University, Amazon. Um, I grew up in a uh, secular household. Um, uh, my mother's from Jersey, my father's from uh, Chicago. Um, I, when I was young, I was a performer. Um, wow. I was... Uh, still a performer. It's still a performer, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I would eventually go on to uh, go to drama school to study acting. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, um, and I uh, left drama school. Um, I worked a bit in California. Um, uh, I have a background in Shakespeare performance. Um, Very talented. And um, the uh, I would go eventually. I would find my way to New York, where a number of things happened um, in a uh, in, in my Jewish journey. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was trying to navigate the city, I was doing doing a number of things. I was working real estate. I was auditioning. I was doing a whole number of things, and then the, the world shuts down, and somehow. A, kid from Palo Alto winds up in Yeshiva. So you're telling me, this whole podcast is about Jewish journey. You're telling me up until around lockdown, you're saying? Or before? That I started this journey? Yeah. Um, about 20, uh, about, uh, okay. Um, around 2018, um, I was, uh, I began to engage with, uh, a question that had always been in the very far back of my okay. mind is, what does it mean to be Jewish? What does it mean to be Jewish? Um, it, it was a question that you know, very rarely would come up. Like it, it, it felt like it, was, uh, like it was locked in like, a, in like a lockbox in the far back of my mind. And every mm-hmm. once in a while throughout my life, I would hear it kind of like shake. Um, and you know, I wasn't bar mitzvahed. Uh, I, I was encouraged to have a bar mitzvah. I studied a little bit, but I was focused, super focused on performing, um, mm-hmm. which is... Which is where I stopped my um, studies for my bar mitzvah and and pushed forward in uh, in the arts. Um, and how old are you now, sorry? Second. How old are you now? I'm 29 years old. So you're 29. So before 2018, which was, if I do my maths correctly, three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's crazy. You did, it's crazy, no? So, so I'm really working on my math skills. So you were 26 at the time where this all started to occur. Nothing and nothing particularly seriously until mm. um, until Mar- until March twenty nineteen. Wow. Um, so I so uh, so you're saying background was zero? Would you say zero? Like what was your what was your experiences up until twenty eighteen? Look, I mean, my father is a mm. passionate Zionist. He's a citizen of the state of Israel. Naturalized. He wasn't he wasn't born here. Um, my my. So there was always this thing in the house that Jewish things are, are good things, but there, you know, but there was, uh, you know, we went to Shul twice a year, just like every other secular, secular Jew in the yes. States. 
Um, and I didn't, you know, I, had, I, I knew nothing about Judaism. I, I didn't know anything. I, I knew very few, I can't say I knew any religious people. Um, I mean, we, I guess there was one family, we grew up to four houses down, like maybe one time I can remember when I was like six or seven, we went to their sukkah and I had no idea what it was, but it was amazing for like that brief like window that I saw something, you know, else. Um, but uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing particularly, a love of Israel, that's, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's the classic, you know, like. A lot of people twice go to shul, go to shul twice a year. Yeah. They love Israel, you know. They know they're Jewish, but yeah. that's kind of saying that it kind of just remained like an identity. Yeah. Like, your identity was based on kind yeah, of. Look, it's 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 the American Jewish tradition. You, yeah. You love Israel and you pay a lot of reverence to the atrocities to the atrocities of the Holocaust. Um, yes. Uh, which is the extent of Jewish identity as I knew it, and as anybody, everyone who I knew knew it as well. Um, so you never learned Talmud or Chumash or... No idea. Could barely yeah, tell you right. what any, any of that was about. Couldn't I... No. So why that question? How did that come? How do you get to answer it? Um, what does it mean to be Jewish? Well, I, I started to engage with it uh, a little bit. So uh, about, you know, I was... In the summer of 2018, I was... I was in the Bay Area. I was doing a production of Hamlet. I was teaching kids uh, theater in the daytime. And I knew that so my best friend's family back home, they were a little observant, um, and uh, I knew they had a rabbi, conservative rabbi, and, and I decided I was going to have like a, I was going to meet with a rabbi and, and do this like weird thing where I asked, what does it mean to be Jewish? I messaged like the, like the guy from like the non-denominational synagogue that mm-hmm. we grew up with two mm-hmm. times a year, and he didn't get back to me. So I was like, okay, I'll try this other guy and I'll see you. Like, I'll, it's going to be weird. I'm going to ask him like a really silly question, what does it mean to be Jewish? And I had a meeting with him, and he, and he was, uh, he wasn't a cure of rabbi, but he, but he was very kind, and he was, and um, we had a, a conversation. I, there was nothing particularly strong about the conversation, but it, it, it you know, he suggested that maybe I begin to, like, say the Shema, uh, the, like the first lines of the Shema, maybe, you know, here and there. Um, and I, and I, I think I had a You class. asked what it meant to be Jewish, and he told you, say the Shema. Well, we had a conversation. We had a, a, a conversation that I that I don't recall all that well. But one of it was to was I think I had like maybe one or two classes with him, and I started to to look at like what's this what's this Shema thing, um, and um, I, the only thing I knew was like the just the one you know the opening sentence, um, the uh, um, the Jewish Constitution as we can call it. Um, um, but the the thing was is that you know. I, uh, um, before I went to New York, right after my summer ended, uh, my, my contract in, uh, with the uh, Shakespeare Company, um, I had a final meeting with him and he suggested a couple of things uh, that, will be re- that will be a little bit relevant to, um, to what I'll mention afterwards. Um, one, he said, uh, I should read this book called The Lonely Man of Faith. By a rabbi, by a rabbi Soloveitchik. Okay. He suggested that I check out this like this um, uh, reformish shul in um, on the Upper West Side, and he suggested that there, there's this like egalitarian like yeshiva yes. in New York that I that I look into, um, and I didn't even know what a yeshiva was. I'm just like oh, I'm just like listening to him, you know, give these suggestions, and I was 
I I, th I recorded it, so, which is which is why I remembered it, you know, uh, which is why it'll be relevant. Um, and then I went to New York. Um, you know, I was getting, I was in the city. I was um, I was focused on auditioning. I needed I needed a day job. I was doing I was catering. I was serving. I was teaching kids theater in Brooklyn. Um, and I was and then I would eventually uh, get my real estate license to try to have a flexible schedule so I could pursue the arts. Um, I, the only the only the only grounding th thing that I had in New York was I had an amazing um, uh, acting class with some brilliant New York actors for five hours every Tuesday. Um, so, but in terms of your Jewish question, you weren't yet satisfied. No, no. I, truthfully, I let it go for a while. When I got yeah. to New York, I was trying to deal with New York. Um, the only kind of Jewish thing that happened was I wound up teaching teaching a theater class at this like super modern Orthodox school in um, in Brooklyn. It, entirely not relevant, um, but that, but it still has a relevance. It's yeah. Still, um, uh, <laughs> Foresh bit these, foreshadowing. These kids were something else. <laughs> Uh, I had a group amazing summer teaching kids, and then this was a different, completely different. The Jewish thing. kids, yeah, the Jewish kids was completely different. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and um, so months would pass. I, I should mention that in March of 2018, I began to write pages every day. So I, I write three pages a day in a journal, and the reason okay. I started this was. I was working with a uh, book for artists called The Artist's Way that had this, where I was trying to reconnect with my uh, passion for my, for my craft because, you know, you go through drama school and you kind of lose it a little bit and I wanted to reconnect with, you know, who I was as an artist. So I thought that this uh, workbook would help me out and it suggested to write three pages a day to God. And I had no concept for, of what that meant, but I... But the point of the pages wow. were to simply write, begin to write the three pages every wow. single day. So I began to write the pages. Why did you do that again? Because I was trying to reconnect with my artistry. And your first instinct was to start writing to God? Was the the instructions were to write to God. But I, what I'm saying was I had no concept of what that was. Oh, fine. So the, See, only, yeah. the only action that I had was simply to write the pages. That was the only thing. Write the pages and write them to God. So I began to write the pages, and it originally started as um, uh, I was you know, focused on my artistry. But what happened was the question in the far back of my mind was, yes. it mean to be Jewish, started to fall into my pages, which is what would eventually bring me to speak to the speak to the rabbis because it was coming up in the pages that I was writing every day and the pages uh, that I started on the 1st of March of 2018 I have not missed a single day up until this day oh wow just for, for listeners for listeners out there a bit of a bit of a lesson for consistency you know um, don't give up but it's, it's great how you, it's great that that right. question came about it keeps coming up from, no the question keeps coming up again and again right? yeah so I, even, if, even if in the daytime I wasn't like thinking, what does it mean to be Jewish? Yeah. The question itself came up in my pages. Like it was a conversation, it was a, almost a dialogue that was being had. Like I was being drawn in the direction of this question. Um, and uh, so I would, continue to, I would continue to ask this question in my pages and speak about you know, these curiosities. What, is, you know, what does this all mean? What's my purpose? Um, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, what is this whole Jewish thing? So months would pass. And um, then we have, to, we have to fast forward to around March of uh, 2019. I'm in New York. Um, I wound up at a Starbucks one day and I was on my computer tip-tap typing. 
and I just got really, I was just like, I'm really disappointed with my technology use. Like I'm doing too many, like it's like, I'm just like glued to my technology. Like too much. It's like way too much. Like I need to just like, and so was just, this was on a Friday mm. afternoon. I was like, I, I think, like I think Jews like turn off all their technology for the for Shabbat. So I think like I think I'll do that. Like I like tonight I'm just gonna like randomly on yeah. you just randomly used a lot of technology and you yeah. somehow related yeah. thought about Jews on a Friday yeah. and then thought maybe I could do that. Yeah, like so that night I decided okay I'm gonna turn off all my technology, like like no technology for what I thought was twenty four hours of Shabbat. Um, so it's not, we're not yeah. far off. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I, I like, think you'll still get. I feel God's still looking down at you and still giving you points. <laughs> so um, I turned off all my technology. It was very strange. It was a different, whole different experience. And then the next day, I just said, "Okay, I'm going to go to a, I'm going to go to a shul because I think you know the Jews do that. They go to a shul on Saturday." Um, and so I went to this shul, and it was this conservative shul. And I couldn't stand it at all. There was barely anyone my age there. They barely had an egalitarian minion. Yeah. And um, I, it wasn't for me. And I, and I, I was really disappointed with it um, because there was no one my age there asking similar questions, you know, like figuring it all out. What does it mean to be Jewish? Where's the other Jews? My age? Yes. How do I engage with these questions? And then, uh, okay, so the next week happens. Uh, then the next week comes, and I say, okay, I'll turn off my technology again. I think yes. at this point I knew it was uh, 25, 25 hours of Shabbat. <laughs> and I'll go to a different shul. So, uh, I'm so surprised in my mind, just with you saying that. In my mind, I, if I was in your position, I probably, it would have probably put me off. You know, my first experience of like keeping Shabbat, going to a shul, and then that's it's very iffy, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you still had that perseverance to like, okay, this might not be all it. There might be some experience out there that might be more um, appealing to me. It's the thing that makes no sense to just keep Shabbat randomly out of there, like, <laughs> on your own. Yeah. I'm taking the wheel, I guess. Well, we'll see. Um, I, so I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll try this thing again. I'll, t- I'll turn off the technology. We'll see what that's about. And I'll go to a different show. And I turn off all my technology. Okay, fine. And then I went to a different shul. I went to the shul on the uh, Upper West Side on 85th Street. And I got in there. It was a beautiful sanctuary. It was, it was amazing architecture and everything. And it was not for me. It was super kumbaya. Oh, wow. You know, there, you know, Orthodox? No. Oh, it's, no. This is still conservative. This is, I don't even, I don't even, I think it's, I think this specific shul has... Um, disbanded from the how did you know what shul to go to like why I did just you... looked it up I looked up like Google big big synagogue up a, like up a west side and, and I went there and it was like super sing-songy and kumbaya and yeah. uh, like there was also no one my age there and I just it, I, it was just not my vibe I didn't know what my vibe was but kumbaya you must have just thought all religious Jews were old <laughs> <laughs> like for every Jew in Seattle like, they were old <laughs> Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't for me. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't for me. It just, I, I knew that kumbaya Judaism was not going to be my thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I left there. I was really disappointed because there was also seemingly no one my age there. And um, I, the next day, this this Sunday, I had a conversation with my best friend over the phone, and I was like, you know, I'm really disappointed. There doesn't seem to be anyone my age asking, you know, these questions. What does it mean to be Jewish? And there doesn't seem to be any rabbis who deal with people like me. Mm. Um, um, and so this moment is very important because I put, I yes. literally finished this phone conversation, mm. and then I start like just like flipping on a dating app. 
Okay. And this advertisement comes up in this okay. dating app for a kosher wine tasting. Now, I don't, it's important to note that I don't drink, but I never heard of this organization that, that, that was running this, um, this kosher wine tasting. So I look it up, and it says that it, it's run by this rabbi whose entire life work is bringing millennial Jews back to their heritage. Oh, wow. Who's that? Wow. So, um, I'll get to him in a moment. Um, so, I, I, I looked up this man. I, I think I, I, uh, I watched some of his uh, sheer, shears on, on, um, on uh, YouTube. And I, I was walking to one of my day jobs uh, like two or three days later. And I walked into this Judaica shop. And the very first book that I saw, like I'm just looking, the first book that I saw was his book. So I pulled the book out. Oh, wow. So I wow. pulled the book out. Wow. Now we know why dating apps and personal evasions. I bought the book. <laughs> and it, it's, it's called um, Beyond the Instance, um, uh, Jewish Wisdom in a Social Media World. And I'm going to be getting the title wrong in case he listens to it. Um, um, and I, I started to read this book. And the book was quite amazing to me because a lot of the curiosities and conclusions and questions that were in the book were nearly, were, were almost the exact same curiosities that I was writing down in my pages every single oh, day. Oh, wow. Um, like, I was, like, I was asking questions and there, were, and there was answers for the very specific questions that I was asking in my pages every day. Or, or, or mm. curi a curious mind in the book that, that went in line with the, curi with the curiosity that, that was being poured into, into these pages. Um, so I finished, so what happened was is that I finished his book at 2 a.m. on uh, on Shabbos. You look for his book in the store. You just happened to find his book. Happened to find his book. Yeah. And you knew it was a, you knew it was a, you you knew yeah. his name. So you... yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I finished his book at 2 a.m. on a Shabbos, and then I said I, I I'm gonna go to Israel. Uh, so uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven hours later, <laughs> I show up at Israel on the Upper West Side, mm. um, at the top floor of the Jewish Center on 86th Street. It's called the Manhattan Jewish Experience, and it's run by a man named Rabbi Mark Wilds. Wow. Um, and I get there, and it's, and, and I was a little taken aback. I'd never seen a mechitza in my life. See, I'm not, yeah, I, 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 barely, I barely knew this man was, was an Orthodox rabbi. I, I get in there, <laughs> just like, just walking around, just like, I don't know what this is all about. And then, you know, people start to go in. I, I, I caught his attention for a second, but he was getting ready for, you know, getting ready. So I didn't, didn't have a moment to tell him why I was there. Mm. And I even packed a lunch this day because I, I never, I, don't, I didn't understand the concept of kiddush. Wow. Um, that's yeah. a very Baltashiva yeah. moment. So I, I, so this, this, uh, this service begins and you know people my age start to walk in people people my age you know the kids start to walk in you know young men young women um come in and then this kazan that this uh his name's cousin benny comes in and kills it like good voice yeah it's beautiful and you must have loved it because you were in the arts yeah so you must exactly. be like oh, you must have really appreciated the yeah, voice beautiful calm calm voice where it was just so welcoming it wasn't too much yeah it wasn't too little um, and it was um, all in Hebrew though you must have thought what's going on in the yeah, well, well sure I mean I was like tiny familiar with some of the songs because yeah. you know, even, even those few times going to show growing up you hear, you hear some of these songs um, but you know people were standing in this space and they were focused 
in a, a focus that I'd never seen before mm. in a religious space that was for me or intend, intended wow. to be for me. But there was there was intention in the space, and I could feel it when it came to the Amidala. Mm. I could see it around people, and I could see I could see this the not the seriousness, but the the deep kavana behind what was going on, and I and. Uh, there was something beautiful in this space, the fasan, the kavana, the, you know, the, um, the rabbis talking, you know, right after, right before, um, right before um, Musaf, and uh, I'm using words that I had no idea. So a vocabulary I have now. So I finish, we, we finish this, and then uh, finally I get the rabbi's attention at uh, Shul, I mean, at, at Kiddush, I said, you know, this is, this is why I'm here. I finished your book seven, you know, like seven hours before I got here. And um, he's, he quite immediately brings me to his apartment for lunch. Uh, and I'm sitting in this apartment, um, uh, you know, I first, you know, which is a quite, course, quite, quite nice. It's quite strange because I had finished a man that I never met, that I never met his book a couple hours earlier. Now I'm in his, now I'm in his uh, apartment for Shabbos. From zero to 100 real quick. Uh, Literally. And it was, it was extraordinarily beautiful. I was watching this, like I was, a, I was very tired. Was, you know, I barely had any sleep, but I was watching this man surrounded by this beautiful family, surrounded by his students mm. that he learns with, that he grows with. Mm. And I had this idea that I wrote in my pages that evening that this was a very happy man. Mm. And I, I wrote in my pages that evening that I had a sense that this man was going to be my teacher, was going to be my mentor. Wow. You're um, uh, Which is, of course, exactly what would happen um, if we fast forward. And I, I became a student of Rabbi Wilde's. I would continue to go every Shabbos. Um, wow. And he continuously started to try to, you know, talk me into taking what MJE was offering. And, I, and my pages were telling me that I should say yes to things. So, you know, Rabbi Wilds and MJE brought me to Israel for, for, a, for a week without on barely any charge to me. He talked me into t- uh, taking on their uh, fellowship program, which is a year of learning, um, and uh, with them every Wednesday evening. And um, I would get a, uh, I would get a chabruta. Um, I had a great chabruta to start, but he For those who don't know what chabruta is, it's, a, it's when a Jew pairs with another Jew and learn Torah. Right. I would get a chavruta to start um, at a great chavruta. He went. He was in. He was studying art, and he was in art school. He was an awesome from from birth Jew, and then he had to leave. And I was like, ah, oh, I need to find. They, they, I need to. I should say, when I walked in on a Wednesday night and everyone was sitting, I was like, what are they doing? Like, why is everyone sitting with you know, partnered up with books? It's like I'm shouting no at each other. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on in here. And you know, of course, they were learning Torah. Um, but, uh, so I was like, okay, give me another chavruta. And they gave me one, and I was like, not this one. So no, no, no. You've got to choose, in the chavruta picking yeah, yeah, yeah. is the art of life. Yeah, yeah. It's like a shidduch. Exactly, exactly. If you don't get the right chavruta, right. you're screwed. Right. So they gave me another one, and I was like, that's not going to do it. Like, yeah. next, next. And then they gave me another one, and this gentleman sits down, and he tells me that he was roommates in a yeshiva with a very dear friend of mine, a man named uh, Drew Feldman, who I studied acting with. Back oh, wow. in 2011, uh, in Connecticut, before I would go to drama school, I studied at a, a theater company with a friend, of, a friend named Drew Feldman, who would come to a place called Machanyakov. Um, 
that I, you know, and at this point I never heard, you know, didn't know what yeshiva was. Every once in a while Rabbi Wilds would suggest something called yeshiva, and I said, absolutely not. I like the sound of that, I like the idea of it. I'm happy, I'm happy with my learning with you. I'm happy, you know, as I'm auditioning in the city, I'm trying to figure things out. I don't really know this yeshiva, don't want to do it. Um, and I would, I would say, I would, every three months he would, he would like come up again, and I'd say, I don't think so. Um, but of course, at this point, it's important to mention that the, that the world shut down with COVID. The art shut down, my auditions shut down, my, you know, the real, the, the uh, mediocre uh, career, real estate career that I was building uh, shut down. And um, I continued to learn over, over Zoom with Rabbi Wilds and with my Chavruta, but, you know, months would pass and I would, you know, went to like hibernation like everyone else did. Mm. Um, and uh, I was on a beach in August of uh, 2020, yeah. and I was like, I was asking, I had this like very clear thought in my head, am I going to go to the army? Or wow. am I going to go to yeshiva? It was one or the other. One or the other. I just had this like clear as crystal thought in my mind, like sitting on the speech, it's just like something's gonna happen, I'm gonna go to the army, or I'm gonna serve my country, or I'm gonna go to yeshiva. And then in the next day, I had this long conversation with my friend Drew, who came to this place called Machin Yaakov. And we kind of concluded in this long conversation that I didn't have much justification to not consider something like yeshiva. Mm. Um, so he put me in contact with, it, with, with this uh, rabbi who eventually would get back to me um, in the uh, middle of September of 2020. And I didn't have a decision on whether or not to come to yeshiva. I just had a decision that I would that I would begin to ask the question about what it's all about. Okay. And uh, I said to him, you know, I said to him, um, uh, uh, well, we just had a fine conversation. It was fine, and then we finished. And then the next day, he messages me and said, "Look, the state of Israel is going to shut down, and if you if you want to come, so opportunity. This is your yeah, opportunity you right want, now. If you want to come, you have to come right now." So I, I was on a plane five hours, I mean five hours, five days later. Um, wow. And, you know, I didn't tell my family. They're going to go, <laughs> Just left. Going to go to Israel and I'm going to, you know. Learn Torah with it. So I, so I wound up in Yish, uh, uh, five, in five days notice, I wound up in Israel and, in, in, in um, Machin Yaakov and Musur Yeshiva. Um, but I, I I want to say, I want to tie it back to what I said before about mm. what I, that first conversation that I had with the rabbi back in Palo Alto. Yes. These three suggestions that he made. He suggested that I read The Lonely Man of Faith, that I check out this um, egalitarian shul in, on the Upper West Side, and then check out this like liberal yeshiva place in Manhattan. Well, a number of things did happen. I, the shul that he suggested was actually one of the ones that I had checked out. The, uh, okay. Uh, only to learn that it was not for me. Okay. Um, I, I would eventually read, not read The Lonely Man of Faith in Yeshiva. Uh, not, you know, just, just by, just, just because I, just I picked it up one day. Wow. And, and the third thing was, is that, well, I didn't go to some egalitarian, you know, you entered, Yeshiva. You entered, oh, I did, no. did eventually go to Yeshiva. So I was listening back to these, to this, wow. I was listening back to this, because I recorded this meeting with him, I was listening back and it was almost like, you know, all these things 
happened from a conversation that I completely forgot. And not from an Orthodox rabbi. Not from an Orthodox rabbi. So that's, no. that's, the, that's the new idea, because you'd think, oh, like an Orthodox rabbi who started your journey. Right, right, right. There's a non-Orthodox journey who, who caused you to be on an Orthodox journey. That's a much beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a lot of interesting things happen when the world shuts down. Is, uh, and you're and you're currently at this. You're, you've been at this at Machen Yaakov for how long? I'm a second year student at Machen Yaakov. Wow! In, here in Karnov, Jerusalem. So where does the question stand then? But what does it mean to be a Jewish? Yes, fantastic question. To live a life of purpose. Um, to live a life of meaning. And what is that meaning? What is that purpose? Is that to become the best version of yourself? Of yourself to share it with the world. In my arts. I've been thinking a lot about this late recently because mm. I, I hope to continue a life in the arts when I leave, to continue a life as an actor. Um, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of Kedusha Hashem, mm. of bringing the, uh, the light of Hashem into the world um, through creating beautiful things, through creating beautiful work, through telling beautiful stories um, beautiful. about people connecting with something. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, just a bit, a bit of humour, what was like the funniest Baltashuva moment when you said like, what was that? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> in, in your journey, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what okay. was the funniest Baltashuva moment? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is like when I started rapping, uh, so Rabbi Wiles provided me with a beautiful set of the film. And I remember like one time I was putting them on and I was, I was at my, my parents' place. They, my parents had moved from Palo Alto to Jersey. And I was putting them on and like, you know, I had like my, I had my uh, Talit Katan on with my beautiful uh, Techelis that I got with Rabbi Wilds in uh, Mea Shireen. And I was like, I was like full, I was like full gear, just like trying to do my, get my, you know, get my, uh, my little chakras going on in the morning. And then my brother walks in and I felt like, I, I felt like I was being walked in on doing like other, <laughs> other things that like, that like young guys get caught doing <laughs> alone in their bedroom. Could you add your, could you walk? So I think so, walk, so I, I, I was like, empty your hands, I was like, eh. Because <laughs> you were just in a talus and a... Yeah, I was in my, yeah, my uh, talit katan and my, my tefillin, and I was like, like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. And um, just to finalise, like, just because we're wrapping up, your, your, your story has been absolutely inspirational. What would you tell, like, other people who are, like, not yet started their journey or like thinking about maybe taking more religious or connecting more to their Jewish identity what, like, what the would you tell the first thing that comes to my mind is that Jewish is that all the questions that you have mm-hmm. you know all these rabbis you know all this all, all, all of what's available the, you know the Chumash the, the Torah the Talmud you know it, the, the reservoir of our heritage it belongs to you it's your inheritance, mm-hmm. and uh, it's only a matter of whether you are going to take even the tiniest leap to take it. Um, it's a big step, and it's a big step for anyone to just make one tiny move in, in the direction of coming to understand who they are as, as Jews and what that might mean for how they should engage with the world. It's just a tiny step of realizing that it, it it's not it, it's not some old stuff that, you know it's not some thing with some you know that's a, some person that you're not going to be able to relate to it's something that you know whether or not you choose it or not it belongs to you and, it, and um, when you when you uh, 
when you come to realize that even just in the tiniest amount, that's, uh, that's an amazing step. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. You really, I'm sure you're going to inspire hundreds and thousands and millions, please God, of people through your art and through the way you express your story. I'm really, really inspired. I can relate. Me and Frankie, you know, like we, people heard our story on the podcast already, but I feel like one thing we all have in common is that we're like, we're so grateful to be here, like, and to be on our journey. Like, once we didn't have this opportunity or we weren't open to the, the, the pools or seas of wisdom that we now have. And yeah, I just want to say uh, thank you to all of our listeners to listening and, and uh, Daniel, you know, we'll put his email, if he's okay with that, you know, in, in, the, in the description. If anyone wants to contact him about his story, anyone has any questions, and I think we can learn so much. Um, just want to say a massive, massive thank you for coming today and like keep inspiring anyone and keep doing what you're doing and keep growing and we're all, we're all rooting for you. Um, so hope we'll be, we'll be coming soon with episode four. Um, Jodeci and Frankie uh, peace out everyone much love